this out. Well, welcome to the Foundations podcast today, and uh, we are doing something different. We're going to be doing something different today, something that we haven't done in the past. And uh, um, we, uh, my wife and I, and our friends Cheryl and Russell, uh, watched the other night a movie. And actually, it was on. Uh, you can find it on streaming service. You can buy the DVD. And it's called the Jesus Music, the Jesus Music. And uh, it, what it does is it depicts the uh, actually the the movement of Christian music from the seventies or even the late sixties, early seventies, all the way through to today. And there are many stars and all that on the movie. Uh, uh, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, and then a lot of the old ones that we, a lot of us, uh, grew up with. And that's why I'm, I'm old enough to say that I grew up in that whole realm of Christian music. And, uh, and we were able to um, listen to that, and we had albums, etc. But uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to review this. We want to talk about it because I think that this particular uh, movie has some things that can speak to us as a church today and tells, you know, the direction of the church, where we're going, where we've been, etc. So what, what, uh, Russell, uh, this is Russell. Say hi, Russell. Hello. And Cheryl. Hello. They're our very good friends. Russell, they, they do uh, movie reviews, actually like secular review, secular movie reviews. They go to the movies and all that and review them. And I asked them if they'd come and talk with us about this movie, The Jesus Music. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and um, uh, let's get an introduction. Uh, Russell, tell us about uh, tell us about your uh, what you do as a movie um, reviewer. Or what? Well, so I write for a, a website called SoulCity.com. <clears throat> we go. And we see movies before they're out to the public, and I write reviews for them. I also get to go to South by Southwest and do reviews for movies that aren't even in anybody's purview as far as um, studios, and they're being picked up by studios. So I get to go and review those mm -hmm. and review the artists and people that make them. Okay. Now, most of those are more secular or had you ever get to uh, go to a christian movie have you ever off and on um occasionally they'll do family movies christian movies um but most of the time it's secular movies okay great about 90 percent. great now cheryl say hi hello all righty and uh, does cheryl cheryl you go with him a lot of times right yeah i i do uh go with him and sometimes i will screen the movie on my own mm -hmm. um so once in a while, uh, they'll have several 
screenings uh, on the same night, and obviously he can't be in more than one place at one time. Oh, yeah. So he'll send me out to a, a, a screening that sometimes it's in the same theater, sometimes it's in a different theater, mm-hmm. and all together, and um, and then I'll I'll write up my my opinion of the the movie and give to him, and and he'll post it on the website. Oh, great. Great. So, but both of you have that experience. You're writing reviews and all that. It's it's, it's great. And um, now, let me. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna ask kind of a side question. Is kind of, and I'm being uh, maybe being a little humorous here, but compa- compare the acting in some of the Christian movies versus the uh, secular movies. Well, you know, the beginning. Uh, I will say that they were kind of stiff and not well, well acted. But as they went along, as they as they come along and and um, and become a part of actual maybe Hollywood ish uh, the way they're doing things, I think the acting is becoming even better. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some of the actors that were in the early Christian movies, there was a church that that produced a bunch of them. As they started going and producing more and more movies, the same actors became better actors. And so I really, okay, so, I they, really so they've improved. Now I remember back in the seventies, and we kind of talked about this the other night. We there was a movie called uh, A Thief in the Night, yes, and all that, and the the, the acting and in, in the movie was not exactly what you would say, uh, uh, you know, Oscar material, right? <laughs> but uh, the thing is, it, it had a message, and that's been what the church has been doing with that, trying to use this medium of of uh, movies and and that to be able to, to get the message of christ out and, and tell people about jesus that movie i tell you what that had i think there's four of them there that had us scared i mean it, we thought the guy the lord was going to come any moment and we're going to be left behind yep. what, what are you going to do you know make sure you're you're right with god make sure you're right with god so the message still worked even though the acting wasn't uh you know excellent but, yeah, yeah it's got a lot better lot better I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said there was some something about there was some sort of a noise or a sound that they did in there that always just kind of freaked them out in that those movies and then uh, i do remember one of them where the little girl had to give her life you know uh, was not going to take the mark and she went and you saw them take her to the gallows but then all you saw in the distance was that uh balloon just going up there yep. man you know what had happened and that but you know and and the thing is that that's true that's true and, and it's true that uh, uh there's a lot of new movies out uh, what was that one that movie with uh mercy me uh the i can only imagine yeah that was a, that was a great movie phenomenal and, movie and the whole group of people that did um fireproof and all of those uh, mm-hmm. the, the group of people that did those They've gotten better as they come along, and Fireproof was absolutely phenomenal. Had a great message, great acting. It just, all of those were, you know, as it comes along, they've gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and... the TV series, The Chosen, that's really, really good. And, yeah, it's, it's gotten better, and, and it's really neat to see, um, you know, some of, the, some of the big, there's a few, you know, some big movie stars that are now, have gotten saved and are becoming a part of making these Christian movies. And of course, so that's adding another level of professional acting, you know, um, in there that's, that's pumping it up, making it mm-hmm. even better. So that's, that's good. That's think good. about where we, where, where the turning point was is I, I still believe 
because Mel Gibson went to try to do uh, A Passion of the Christ. Yes. And Hollywood said, nope, we don't want to do something like that. And then they saw what kind of money it made. Yeah. He, oh, he yeah. put all the Raked money up himself. Money and then it was like so popular. So then they started trying to get into the Hollywood tried to get into it. But they have tried, but they have failed over and over because they, they still try to put a Christian movie together. Mm -hmm. But as Hollywood believes is you're supposed to be at least PG-13. And you can't really do that and and bring that message yeah. to if you're going to have PG-13 or R-rated movies. Yeah, of course. And so I believe that, that they still have missed the mark. They're thinking about money. Mm -hmm. Where all these other, other companies are getting the green light because they've got wonderful messages. And sometimes they have good stars. You know, the stars like... Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Cam Cameron, um, Cam Kirk Cameron, Cameron, yeah, who yeah. brought his brand to that. So all of a sudden, they're getting the production that they're able to that, that all movies are able to do. Yeah. So I think it's it's turned the corner. It's good, uh, yeah, you movies. know. And the, these, you know, and the, of course, this particular movie we're talking about, the Jesus, movie, it's a it's a documentary type ish type mm -hmm. of type mm -hmm. of movie, but it really does have uh, have a good message to it. Um, so I, I was just Cheryl. I was just gonna uh, gonna ask you. Do you remember back in the days, back way back when they said that the whole thing? If you went to a movie that was not of God, you could not go to the movie house. Well, absolutely. I I was raised in a pastor's home, and and uh, I did. I was not allowed to go to movies. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but uh, my oldest brother did sneak me out to see E.T. when I was about fourteen. That was my very first movie in a movie theater was E.T. And and uh, here I was in high school and I'd never been in a movie theater before um, and and didn't go to one again probably till I was, you know, in college. But but, uh, you know, it was just used to be thought of as, oh, you know, this is a place where you go make out and and oh, you know, yeah. it's all sexuality mm -hmm. stuff and, and not really pay attention to the to the movie. But. Uh, we've kind of grown, you know, from that to to realize that it doesn't have to be that way. No. Yeah. Well, you know, and it it, it speaks to the medium of media, uh, whether it's television, um, uh, movies, uh, radio, music, and I'm just going to talk about music here, but um, yeah, that that actually can be used in a good manner for God and can actually get the message of Christ out. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that we should have an individual responsibility to what we are taking in and what we're watching. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that, you know, the, this podcast, the Foundation Podcast, what we do is we're talking about those basic concepts of Christianity and uh, discipleship and that type of thing. And that when, when, when a person is newly a, a Christian, uh, they need to, well, I would think at any time that a person's a Christian, they should be watching what they're watching, uh, uh, keep an eye on what they're watching. Yes. In other words, you know, and uh, there's things out there that we just don't want to watch. We shouldn't be taking in because the Bible does say that the, the well, we, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So if you you're bringing it in, it's going to come out. So that's another thing that, uh, but that's that's for another day. So let's I tell you what we're gonna we're gonna sh switch in here. Let's talk about the Jesus music. The Jesus music is a like we said is a documentary movie. And Russell, go ahead and give us an explanation. What is the Jesus music? So it's just a <clears throat> it's a movie 
split uh, broken down into decades 60s 70s 80s 90s um to tell us what the well sort of where the jesus movement came from the music movement came from and where it's progressed to so and something and it's stuff that i didn't know because i i wasn't from the california area like these guys are yeah and so i didn't know of a lot of the groups that were very beginning like from the hippie movement yeah. that moved over into the Jesus movement, uh, Jesus music movement. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was pretty interesting on that, just to see the the, the background. And, and a lot of these people, you guys were going, oh, I remember them, I remember them. Texas, we didn't have them around. We didn't know about them. We didn't have internet. So, mm -hmm. But it's it was, that's what the movie's about, is just that progression of Jesus music, the Christian movement, music movement, all the way through the decades. Yeah. And, you know, when it began, it talked about a lot of these, what we would call early Christian artists, they actually, they they had, they would listen to Janis Joplin. They listened to, uh, uh, what's the, the, the uh, well, a lot of the early ones, uh, Elvis, of course, um, and Johnny Cash, Bob Johnny, Dylan, Bob Dylan mm -hmm. all these, they listened to all of that kind of thing. Jimi Hendrix is what I was thinking mm -hmm. of and all that and then the thing is is that their music icons shall we say um they were drug addicts then they, what they what they did is they were watching them they kept their eyes on that secular industry and then all of a sudden something bad started happening uh they started these the a lot of these artists started killing themselves or uh, inadvertently they overdosed or what have you and they died and they're over there bewildered. What are we going to do? What should we do? And then all of a sudden came the birthing of this Jesus music. And like you said, they're hippies. You know, it, uh, during the time back in those days, there was uh, what Woodstock there and all that. But there, there, there came a point they began to uh, start making Christian music. Right. And um, okay. And s some of the. Um, so, some of the uh, music that they were, you know, and okay, uh, Cheryl, why don't you speak to this? What are some of the early Christian artists? You remember, you were out in California. I was out in California back in the day, and I remember the beginnings. So uh, tell us, what, who was your uh, artist that you used to listen to? So I I really loved Amy Grant, and she, she was a pretty good part of this movie and, and uh, interviewed uh, quite a bit and they showed uh, lots of clips of her younger and singing and um, and then she also you know spoke live for this for this movie uh, specifically um, and and I even learned and was just refreshed I, don't, I probably knew about it back then but just didn't remember you know her her upbringing and how she got started into the um, the music and they mentioned and talked about Sandy Patty a little bit, and Sandy Patty was, um, I really loved and adored Sandy Patty, mm -hmm. and, and she is so talented. Um, also, uh, you know, I really loved, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman and mm -hmm. and Michael W. Smith, and yeah. um, Brian Duncan wasn't really mentioned, but he was one that I, I really loved back in there, because I think he was more focused on the West Coast and, and so forth, but um there was just a, it was a wonderful time of of when i was in college it was in the 80s and and uh um 
so it it was that was when the Christian music I felt was really started to take off. The yeah. the Christian contemporary scene was uh, was becoming a thing about the eighties. They talked about how that the you know Christian music um, you know of course it's always it's been around you know but it it but back in in the early nineteen hundreds which they didn't even touch on here you know it was more of the gospel and the the soul music and and stuff mm -hmm. coming rising up. But in the 70s, I think because of, of what was happening in the 70s with the war and, and all the drugs and the, and the hippie movement, uh, people were searching for love and they were searching, trying to find answers to um, all, the, all the stuff going on in the world and, and coming out of the wars and everything. And um, and people were starting to, to find Jesus. And, and Billy Graham was mentioned and talked about um in this movie too because he mm -hmm. did have a, a significant uh role because of the crusades he was having and mm -hmm. the multitudes of people that were getting saved that included some of the secular artists yep. so some of the secular artists were like well we can't sing you know about about all this stuff anymore mm -hmm. so they started writing christian music and they started shifting over into the Christian realm, and, and Striper is one of those groups, and I can't think of what their name was before when they were secular, but they started off as a secular group and then became Christians and then became a Christian yeah. metal group and was the, was the first or one of the first to, to do that. And so it's be, because of people like, like Billy Graham and and this the big revivals that started happening um, in America and people getting saved, and it, that affected the the secular the secular artists, and and they become uh, more Christian, and so that gave that opened up just this whole realm of like, wow, okay, so we can do this, and and Amy Grant was one of the first one of the first you know really to to break into and um, make the you know christian pop and and mm -hmm. make it sound more interesting to the young people that day yeah, and she, she was a crossover she was, she a, was crossover. a crossover yeah. yes and and that was the beginning um of the whole crossover between secular and, and christian and mm -hmm. it was it was just neat it was such a i love this movie it was yeah. just great to um to be reminded, I was like, oh, I forgot about that group. And, you know, you, you get to hear about all kinds of groups from, from that time, 70s and 80s, that you, that you don't, they don't sing anymore or they're just mm -hmm. older or whatever, you know, don't do music. Um, and, and, and it was just so nice and refreshing to, uh, to hear them sing, yeah. to hear them talk. Um, some of them were interviewed, and, and it was it was just really it was really neat, really neat. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Billy Graham. Billy Graham was, of course, we all know who Billy Graham was. We should know. I don't know maybe some of the younger generation don't know him as well. But um, the thing is, is Billy Graham, world-renowned evangelist, massive crowds at his crusades. Yeah. The reason that he did that is because he had a whole evangelistic system that he used he would go in weeks before the 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 crusade the crusade was kind of the icing on the cake and what he would do is they would go in they would go to all the churches they would have seminars they would train people to be counselors to go out and talk and by the time you were done they were packing those audiences mm 
or, or those uh, those uh, those uh, arenas, and they uh, and all those people were there, and he had an incredible turnout. Now the thing, well, what was here? Here's the thing: is that when Christian music began, is that uh, that everybody was, and this is what the movie does bring out: is that everybody was used to a certain type of church music. Right. You had your organ, maybe a piano, if you're getting too exciting, uh, there, uh, or uh, that type of thing. And you're hearing the old hymns. You had a hymnal. You had all that type of thing. And um, and that's what everybody was used to. And then when all of a sudden this Christian music started coming out, it reminded me of when Elvis first started out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. When Elvis first started out, boy, I tell you what, those people, they did not want to listen to that that heathen devil music. Well, of course, but whatever. But you see, the thing is, is that the, that the people in the church could not accept the uh, music that was coming out, Christian rock, Christian pop, that type of thing, uh, until Billy Graham went out and he gave his seal of approval on this. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, well, well, maybe they can. Maybe we can use a saxophone. Maybe we can use a uh, piano and drums, drums and that type of thing. Guitars, and the, and the, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. the thing is, and yes, it was progress. Now, and, and that, that we went into it. I was just, you were, you were talking about all these different artists. I remember my very first Christian album I bought. It was from a, a group called Dogwood. Now I don't know if y'all y'all may not even remember that one, uh, but they, he he wrote the uh, song uh, "Watergrave," which the Imperials recorded later. And I was just remembering that they had a lot of they were more of a kind of a countryfied pop yeah. flow, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember going down. Now this was in Denver, Colorado. I went down to the rectory of this one church. They were selling these albums, man, and I saw this dogwood and I picked it up. I was a kid, I was a teenager, and I started listening to that. And and for, it, it just blossomed from there. Um, Russell, what do you think, how important is Christian music to the Christian? I think it's very important. It's it's the way you, <clears throat> you praise God, the way you get your feelings out, the way you, it's like any other songwriting, you're going to get out what you put into it and you're getting you 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 get those feels the feelings that you get mm -hmm. whether it be for the love of god or for your your woes sort of like the blues all of these different things are looking for something and finding something or reaching out to something which is god mm -hmm. so i think that's a very big important part of it. that's why we have praise and worship in the churches because that is the end all be all of how you talk to God and tell him how wonderful he is. Mm -hmm. And when we pray, let's be honest, we pray half the time we pray, we're wanting something. When we're praising worship, we don't want anything. We're giving it all to God. Yeah. And that makes it to me anyway, as much as I love music, that makes it very important mm -hmm. to do that for God. <clears throat> On the flip side, I have had times in my life that I felt low. I, I came into church and man, I just, I didn't want to hear a sermon. I was just kind of like, what am I doing here? I'm going through this really cruddy time in my life. I'm going through something major. And those praise and worship starts. Mm -hmm. And then 
uh, a song like um, like uh, uh, I'll Praise You Through the Storm. And mm-hmm. It just hits me. And it was like going, okay, wait a minute. If I can do this, then I need to listen to the sermon too, and I can do this, and I can praise God even when stuff is going bad with me. So I think that's how come it's so important. To, M- to music has the ability to do, and somebody once said this, I think many people said this, has the ability to do what preaching cannot. Absolutely. It's very healing. It, it, it brings about healing to your soul, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's, it can. It can bring healing. Um, like you said, it's just it's an expression of your emotions and your feelings, and and, and it, there is no other way sometimes to get get those get that out but in music and um it helps us not to keep all that bottled up you know when whether it be praise and worship which we i love i'm on the worship team at my church and and so um i loved the the last part of this movie that when it started moving into the how it's grown into a lot of praise and, and worship and, mm-hmm. and hill song and those kind of groups. Yeah, let's let let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the old clock here. Let's talk about that. Uh the the movie talked about how that we moved from the seventies to the eighties and the, and that that had it how it and then the nineties and then into the twentieth century or twenty first century, uh two thousands and that and that there had come a time and I would think it was in the 90s or so, somewhere in that area, or maybe the first, no, early 2000s, or the turn of the century, where the secular industry, I mean, they, actually, what, what had happened was it was Christian CCM, CCM, Christian Contemporary Music, had gotten a hold, and they, they had just been going. You got artists all over. They had been into the mainstream. People were accepting them. People were listening to them. They were selling albums. We're talking about we're talking about hundreds of thousands and millions of albums and all this right. going on. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the secular industry, who did not know God, got a hold of the, uh, started controlling uh, all of the artists and all of the whole realm there. And Michael W. Smith, at one point in the movie, and you got to watch it to see it. Now, um, is that um, uh, he he sat down and he said he started reading a scripture out of Amos. I think it was it Amos. It was one of the prophets, the minor prophets, and which got your attention. And he said something happened in early two thousands that changed from. What was what he felt, or what they felt, was God's response to the secular world grabbing a hold of Christian industry. Tell us about it, Russell. Well, yeah, you know, I think that you know we got we started off with Amy and and coming out to say I want to do a crossover, mm-hmm. and that was okay because she was still doing she was doing regular music and Christian music, and as far as I'm concerned, she was getting to an audience that wouldn't normally listen to Christian music. And that's what we're here for, is yeah. be fishers of men. So we go out and we share this gospel. I think at a point when the music industry got a hold of it, mm-hmm. like they did in the movies, or like they do in music, they corrupt it because they are all about the profit. Mm-hmm. They want the money, where, where if you're a Christian artist, you're not looking for money shouldn't look, shouldn't look for be, yeah. you should be all about the message and i think that once the music industry got a hold of it and did the 
boy bandish look and did all the different uh, glam stuff, that takes away from God's message. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the, the thing that corrupts it is, again, like they did in the movies. It's just they get it to make a profit while Christian artists should be getting it doing get putting that out there to, to make a, the message out there. again the message yeah. leading people to christ that's the, you yeah. know and, and all that but and i was very moved by what michael w smith did that that whole section there just like that was one of the time well, one of one of the times that i cried yeah. in the movie you know yeah and well and the thing is is that he said that he started reading that uh and then what had happened was god's response to all of the secular takeover was then all of a sudden praise and worship. There became this movement to move into praise and worship. It says, because it's not about us, it's about God. Right. Mm -hmm. Cheryl, speak to that. Yeah, it's um, the last, you know, 10 years, especially 10, 15 years, probably around, you know, 2005 to 10, somewhere in there is, I think, when when um things started shifting but especially here we are in 2022 uh especially the last five eight years ten years maybe is is i've seen a huge shift um into with the with the worship you know we've gotten away from hymns for the most part um you know in your in your medium to large churches especially um and uh, or they've taken some of the hymns and modernized them um, like Chris Tomlin's song um, uh, Amazing Grace and, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. forth and um, so some of the hymns have been modernized and, and uh, to make them more appealing to for today's uh, young people and and not too many churches have the hymn books anymore. Um, we've gone more to choruses or what we call now praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it. You know, there there's something to be said about. You know, I was raised in you know on hymns and 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 choruses um, most of my life. And, um, and I miss it a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having a, a little. Uh, you know. A little bit of that, and you know, in combination um, with the with everything that's happening today. But I tell you, some of the songs that are are being written today with with Chris Tomlin and and you have Hillsong and all these other worship groups, worship big worship bands, you know, mm-hmm. rising up. I mean, who would have ever thought that that you'd have worship bands be as popular as regular bands like striper or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and and uh but they are and 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 it's just amazing the the messages that are coming out of these worship uh songs and um how much that is you know changing the music the christian music industry today yeah in church and church church life so in the early 2000s we had a swell there was a group or a a hillsong hillsong i remember it had a great influence and um they some of the or there's their uh darling check now they never mentioned darling check in this movie which i was a little surprised but they did mention hillsong uh hillsong united i think that is Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the yeah and uh, the thing is, is that what God, the, the point was, was God's response was to bring uh, the praise and worship in. And that brought people 
looking at him, uh, redirecting their focus from the artists and from the that type of thing to to, to the Christ and to, right. to be looking at the Lord, and uh, which is good. And uh, and this is all this is this is good and the praise and the worship and all that. And today we see a, a large swell of that. It's continuing on in the 2022, uh, what are we, 2022. Yeah. And, um, but let's say, do you, do you think that praise and worship has the effect today that it did back in early 2000s when it began? I think it's more so. I, I, I can, again, you know, I think it's, because you're, you can you can relate to these songs. You mm -hmm. can, you're going through something tough, and again, you have this song that is praising God or or telling God how wonderful He is, or I'm going to praise You no matter what. You feel that, and yeah. I I think that it's it's, I think there's songs from years ago that did the same thing. I mean, I remember listening to old country music, that they did a lot of gospel during that time, mm -hmm. and you had that same feel. But it's a little bit more. It wasn't. Like praise and worship time, but you're still you're you're talking to God. Yeah. Just a little walk closer, walk to Thee, and and yeah. all these different things in the garden. Now we're just a contemporary music, and you're saying the same things, and you're you're away from that glam and glitter, and you're you're like He said, I, I'm I'm sorry for what I made it. I'm it needs to be yeah. all about You. I'm, and I think yeah, it's when you you have all these songs now. Part of worship. I think the part of mm -hmm. worship right now is just fantastic fantastic and mm -hmm. it just it just speaks to your heart and yeah. i've gone through a lot of emotional times and cheryl and i both have just and we listen to a song and you're bawling yeah because it just connects to your soul yeah connects yeah. to your heart yeah that's good um yeah that's true and that's that's what's uh now let me ask you this though do you think that there would ever be uh, we're going we're flowing we're going good we're having do you think that there is going to come a time or could come a time where it just becomes rote it just becomes it's it's just we just come we just sing the phrase and then we get moving and in other words it begins to diminish its power as a songwriter i think that can happen to any anything um and you if if you get to if you get too much my the problem that i see is if if it becomes formulaic mm -hmm. if if they're going we want to write this to touch people's hearts and just to, to do this to, and it, it doesn't, and it's just something that is said the same way or a different way, but they say the same thing. I think that's, it could be in danger of being monotonous. Mm -hmm. um, that's about, or, or the music industry gets a hold of it again mm -hmm. and tries to make it something what it's not. Other than that, I think, I think praise and worship is, probably here to stay for a while yeah you know? oh yeah i think so i mean and honestly i don't think i don't think the holy spirit the spirit of god is is would allow it to you know really die or or anything um i think that the only thing that i think as we get closer to the end times um what could happen is is you know more restrictions on the church and uh, that kind of thing that the restrictions on us gathering and and so forth but I but praise and worship is always going to be a part of what we want to do and um, I think the only thing that I I foresee is is the stifling that might have might start to happen 
from the governmental point of view, you know, for because of the end times coming. Yeah. Um, but I know that 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 we're always going to want to, you know, put our thoughts and feelings into music, into words, into worship, and um, I don't see that ever, you know, going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we've seen music change over over the decades um you know who knows what the next change will be because we don't mm-hmm. know the future but um you know i i think that it's got gradually gotten better and yeah. so how could it get better than what it is today it is. that's hard to imagine i yeah. mean i i think it's wonderful today because because we have the ability to with technology and everything we have the ability to still listen to music from decades ago as mm-hmm. well as yeah. today. today and yeah. um unless something happens and they do away with all of the stuff you know so we can't listen to it um that's that's a wonderful thing that, mm-hmm. that we have that ability to to have access to all kinds of music and yeah and so forth but that also shows us how things change I mean, because again Country music did the same thing. <clears throat> they were really great, and then they started adding electric guitar, and everybody's going, "That's not country." And so, <laughs> yeah. but it became it that different thing. Well, yeah. then you went from country with electric guitar, and everybody liked that, to all of a sudden now country is unrecognizable because it's more rock music in there, yeah, more there's... pop type of stuff. Oh yeah. And so it's it's got that evolve evolvement that it could happen. Yeah. So I can only see like if. If there's something that came around that's different than the electric guitar that mm-hmm. we we add that somebody says we're going to add this to that and put wah wah pedals all over the Christian music and make it all glitzy, then it could change that way. It just yeah. depends on the next generation, the next generation. Christian disco? Then, yeah, no, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, no. <laughs> anyway. Um, that okay. Would, that would give a whole new meaning to Yeah, that would life. give a whole. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Um, <laughs> that's true. Now, there are some things that were brought out here in the movie that I'm just going to take the next couple of minutes and, and bring out, kind of highlight. Number one, it went through a section where, uh, first of all, it talked about different things that happened in the lives of these artists. Right. They, they were, people were looking at these artists. They were looking, oh, man, this is my favorite artist, you know, and they... Follow them around. They're they're have their they're the head of their fan club or whatever, and then they all of a sudden decide they realized that those people were human. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ Taff was one where, and he actually has another movie. Uh, I still believe, and um, it talks about how he he got into alcoholism. He was it was an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and um so what does that speak what does that say you know we 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 have our favorite artists and we love this artist or that artist but what does it tell us about as as a christian as if i'm a new christian i'm a discipled christian or being discipled what does it tell me is christian music is good it's it really is good for the soul and 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 to, to listen to however what should i avoid what should I avoid? What do you think? Looking well, up to these guys or yeah. thinking that they're, you know, uh, and the reason I'm coming around is I want to talk, talk about 19, the late 1980s. Uh, 
Yes. Everybody yeah. followed Jimmy Swagger. Yeah. Yeah. Every all this Christian stuff like that, they didn't realize. But then, when all of a sudden they realized that these men had problems, right? And then all of it. But I'm going to tell you what that that particular those particular uh, times really affected negatively the Christian community extremely. Well, we can't uh, put people up, people up on a pedestal, right. you know. It's like you you can't. Um, you can't you can't do that with your Christian artist. You can't do that with your actors. You can't do that with uh, parents, with your yeah anybody, with kids, parents, with your yeah. evangelists and yeah. people you know like Jimmy Swagger or whatever. As soon as you you put them up on a pedestal, you're you're in a sense worshiping them. You're making them an idol, mm -hmm. and that's and that's that's wrong uh, according to the Word of God. And and um, you're. You're forgetting that that they're that they're human, yeah. And they they can make mistakes. They can they can, you know, get in, get into, you know, sexual immorality and and drinking and drugs. And I mean, they can fall into that just like anybody else because mm -hmm. they're only human, flesh and blood, just like we are. And and so you've got to be careful not to um, not to idolize. Um, these people too much. It's it's one thing to appreciate, to be a little starstruck or whatever, you know, if you were to meet one and mm -hmm. but but they're still human. They're still gonna make mistakes and, and they still breathe the same air we breathe. They still have the same blood flowing yes. through their veins like we have. And uh and, and you can't think that um that they're so that they're so Christian that they'll never that they'll never make a mistake because it's just as soon as you do, you know something's going to come out and and it's going to blow yeah. you as blow soon you as away, we you know? as soon as we start saying oh this person and we we're following them, as soon as that happens, mm -hmm. there's going to be something going wrong because right. that idol mm -hmm. that you have or whatever is going to have problems. So that, right. that that artist is going to have can't problems. take your eyes off the Lord. That, that's the that's that's the only you know that's the only person that you should have you know that you should be worshiping. Um, he's the only one that's ever been perfect. He's the only one that's never sinned, never made a mistake. The rest of us have all have all will fail you, mm -hmm. and uh, and and so it is. It's. That's that's the main thing you have to be careful for is is just making these people, um, you know, too much of of a god in a sense, you know. Yes. And then the, the I mean the Bible even talks about his, his sins of the flesh. It is mm -hmm. it is what we're living in. And if you've been a Christian for you know any amount of time, you know that's like the main thing is you're battling the sins of the flesh. Mm -hmm. We all have that. And then usually. When money comes along, and most of these artists are, you know, into the money, uh, you know, get money, and whether they're that's what they're doing it for or not, there may be some some uh, failures happening in that because mm -hmm. you have all these temptations. You don't have just one or two temptations that's around the normal people like we are. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you have other people, the worldly people, pushing things at you that you didn't think you would ever have. Yeah, I remember uh, one of my favorite songwriters is Paul Overstreet, and I remember his story. Is he came from a Christian background? He goes to Nashville, and the next thing he knows, he's at parties and they're giving him cocaine. Yeah, 
he had to get his family, or his family came out to, to, to uh, help him out. And then he stopped doing all of that. But it's just, there's so many temptations out there that mm-hmm. you can't just look at these people and think they're going to be perfect. Because yeah. none of us are perfect. And, uh, and, and you, gotta, you really should be looking at what they're doing with the music. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't help either that when somebody falls, the tabloids and everybody are right on it, and it's right in everybody's face. You know, th- this is one thing that I've uh, I've thought I've thought about before is that you know, uh, and I was just using Swaggart as an uh, as a uh, an example. He ministered to thousands and thousands. People got saved and and healed, and uh, you know, uh, in, in his cruci- in his. Uh, uh, and his meetings and all that, and his crusades that he had. Now, but then there came a time where he fell. Right. Now, does that negate all those people that got saved before them? Does no, that negate their experience? It doesn't no, negate. Of course his, not. It doesn't not negate his messages. It no. doesn't mean. It does not mean that the things that he said were false. It just shows you that we are imperfect and the word of god says that you know the word of god will never return void Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter um who is speaking the word of god um you can even have secular people speaking the word of god and people could get saved or people could get touched or Mm -hmm. or whatever and that's because the word of god does not it is truth, yeah. And and okay. sometimes God will use an unbeliever, yeah, to reach a believer, a to lot, reach yeah. another unbeliever yeah. that to become a believer. And and you know God's going to use whatever tool and and person and and means that He can. Um, and you know I I have heard of of people you know, having their lives touched and changed and so forth as a result of, of another person that's not even a believer. Um, and it's it's just amazing, you know, what God can do and through, what the Holy Spirit does through people. And music is just one of those things that um, just reaches people um, away in a way that nothing else can. Yeah, that, that reminds me of the, what is it, in Romans eight twenty eight? it says, God works all things together for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those that love God and are called according to His purpose, He can bring it around. He can turn it around. We we think about uh, there's an old old song called "I Saw the Light." Mm-hmm. That was actually written by Hank Williams, who was an alcoholic who was just not a. I mean, he was a great singer, but scruples he didn't have. Yep. But he wrote "I Saw the Light." And we sing that all the time now. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a standard, you know. That's a, but it, it didn't come true. from a, a Christian. Yeah. Although he had a Christian background you know, with his family, but he didn't come from a Christian. Well, but that's also why I love this movie because it shows the good, bad, and the ugly. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah, shy away it, from it. It doesn't the shy away from it. It, and right. it, and it I think goes right that, in there. That's a very good lesson to Christians: is that 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 we all have possibility of falling, and we all fall. We all yeah. fail. And you know we're all sinners, so yeah. why not show everything? And mm-hmm. when someone falls, and then they get back up again, because it's not that you fell; it's how you come back up and mm-hmm. how you deal with it. And every one of these that fell, they still gave the glory to God. Yeah. And when they got back up, they still gave the glory to God. That's true. That's good. And uh, another 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 uh, point that it brought out, and uh, it was um, Kirk Franklin. 
I talked about how that there there has to be, and I, I think if you, uh, you you're going to have to listen to it and to the whole thing, but the thing is there has to be a change in the uh, with when it when it comes to race, when it comes to acceptance right. and diversity and that type of thing, uh, and that the Christian church should be the one leading the charge. Absolutely. Yep. And that's that's that was one of the big points brought out. And I, I mean, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. And they could do. They should. They you know, back in the days, they still. Um, I'm sorry, but the Christian church still, and maybe even into today, deals with prejudice. And um, my my uh, the Bible says that if a man uh, you cannot hate somebody else and expect to be uh, making making it into the kingdom of God, you're not going to be making it in right with hatred in your heart. You cannot hate somebody. Right. I don't care. I don't care what uh, color, what race, what you know, gender they are. You cannot hate. That's right. If you can't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. I mean that that's that's what it all boils down to, you know. It's it's that's what what we have to constantly keep in mind when when somebody commits an act against us, um, whether it's race race related or um, you know just somebody of the opposite sex or another nationality or whatever, um, another you know uh, place of origin. It it's we have to come to terms with with those things and and forgive forgive. Because it doesn't mean that we forget what they did or that we have to befriend them or love them, per se. Mm. But you have to forgive if yeah. you want to be forgiven for yourself and the things that you do. Because we're all, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all sinners. Yeah. I'll guarantee you, Billy Graham sinned. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you know? he is, I mean, I he, because he is not perfect. And I didn't know the man, so I can't give you any We, we can go but, through his history one you know, day. But yeah, uh, they, you know, yeah, he made some decisions that I mean, he, he sure. kind of went back, man, I should never have done that. But at the same time, that's fine. That's because we're human. And it's one we of the biggest things that was brought out. These artists are human beings. They have mistakes. They sin. Every, the Bible says all have sinned and fall mm -hmm. short of the glory of God. Yeah. That's why we have an advocate with the Father. And that's what, uh, what, it, what he's saying and uh, so bringing it out. Now, as for the issue with race, the number one, I'm a, I'll be the first one to say prejudice to me equals hate, hatred. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. you cannot hate somebody. You yeah. cannot do that. That's not what God said. Jesus, you know, the thing is that Jesus today, he would be down with, you know, back in those days, it was all the hippies and all that. Jesus would be uh, visiting them. Right. B Jesus would be associating himself, actually going down and ministering to them. He would be ministering today to those people that are what we would consider uh, not, uh, you know, top drawer or whatever kind of terminology we use. Um, and But at the same time, I would think that he would be an advocate to bring together race, the different ra types of races, different races. And, um, and, uh, but anyway, they do speak to that in, in the, uh, in the movie and, uh, you'll need to listen to that as well. One last thing, Amy Grant, and by the way, Amy Grant and uh, Michael W. Smith mm -hmm. produced this, uh, produced this uh, movie. 
and um, she talked about how that she had some sort of ranch or they have some sort of a place, a camp or wherever it is. Uh, and she just felt the necessity to start a fire, right? And to keep that fire going. And so she would ask different people, they would come and they would keep the fire going, keeping the fire going. And, you know, when I, she didn't mention it. They didn't mention it there. I would hope that they uh, they remember the, the verses back in the Old Testament. But uh, I was looking in the book of Samuel. And uh, Eli was a priest. Him and his, his sons were priests. And Eli had some bad kids. I'm going to tell you that he had some rotten <laughs> But anyway, I did all sorts of bad things. And what had ended up happening is that in the in the uh, tabernacle, in the holy place or in the holiest of holies, I believe that was, there was a lamp that was continually uh, had oil in it and it kept burning and kept burning. That lamp would not burn out. They they had to keep it going, and, and that was representative of the Holy Spirit and His moving. And um, the the thing is, is that uh, you know, and there was, uh, and that, but there came a time when during Eli's and the Book of Samuel, they said that they let it says an heir of the the what was it the lamp of God went out in the temple, and it's because Eli and what what he was and his children and all sorts of bad things happened after that. But the thing is, is that we need, you know, when she's talking about that uh, fire, keeping the fire, it, it kind of reminded me of how that we need to keep the Holy Spirit moving. And uh, that, that lamp of God, which is representative of the Holy Spirit, uh, and his moving. And that's what, that's what it's all about. Right. Keeping the fire burning in our own hearts, in our own relationship, you know, with the Lord and, and, um, doing what we can to stoke that fire within us mm -hmm. and 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 i and i think sometimes the that fire represents our drive and our determination to um to keep moving forward as christians to keep um sharing our faith to uh just to keeping our faith yeah. you know that's that's all uh it represents all those things and 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 it's important, definitely. And I think what one of the things that with Amy, what she, whether she knew it or not, <clears throat> what she was doing is what all of us should be doing as a married couple. Yeah. You should keep that fire going because um, if Cheryl is is down one day and just she doesn't feel that fire, then I'm supposed to lift her up, mm -hmm. which means I'm keeping that fire going for her. And the same way, if I'm feeling down or depressed, mm -hmm. she keeps my fire going. And if both of us feel in that way, we go to God. Yes. Because he keeps our fire going. So that, I think in essence, that's kind of what she was doing is, no Keeping matter what, fire. you keep that fire going. It's a metaphor of what we should be doing in life. Yeah. yeah. One of the things they talked about, how that when it seemed like it was dying out, something new would begin. Right. And so God, and that's God taking care and keeping care over His church, over the flow of it, you know, and whatever you want to call it in in the uh, church evangelism, everything that has to do with it. the The Holy Spirit is the one who keeps things moving, and we need to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to move 
and to and to do what he wants in uh, in the, the church in in the christian lives and all that so that's why i don't think that it that the christian music and and worship and all that stuff is ever going to die because like you said as soon as it seems like things are going to is are slowing down or you know whatever then then there's a spark there's god starts breathing life in mm -hmm. and and bringing something new out of it and and so i'm, I'm confident that that things are only going to get better um when it comes to this you know till the day christ comes back to take us home yeah that's good well i tell you what uh thank you uh russell and cheryl for uh for doing this with us and Absolutely. going over this movie now let me let me grab a hold of this thing and read this again it's called the jesus music the soundtrack of a movement and and then um, you can get it on streaming service our uh we we got it on um prime video you can order or go find the dvd um and the, this doesn't cost that much and uh i think we paid like 12 dollars for the dvd itself we, we got the dvd after we watched it on uh, rented it on streaming but you can do as well but it, it's it's a good and it really represents the whole and it's good to know the flow of, of how music came and because music is very important to the christian as a christian uh, I'm gonna tell you what. If you listen to stuff that says my 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 wife left me and my dog died, I got so de depressed, I I sat down and cried. You're gonna be in the you know you're gonna be down. It's, it can bring depression, but it can also Jesus music and music from Christian music, worship music can lift you out of that. Mm -hmm. And you need to, you need to make that. And as a new Christian, as a Christian that's maybe being discipled. Uh, you need to be able to listen to good Christian music. Listen to good Christian music. There's That's all. Radio I'm... stations. Yeah. K Love. K Love. Um, what else is there? Oh, uh, uh, there's the message on uh, Sirius yeah. XM. Um, and... Depends on what you know, what area you're in, but but you can probably, you know, Google you know Christian radio stations in my area and and. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of, of, of stuff out there that that does not only music but does podcasts and does um, you know Bible studies and story Good time conversation. And, yeah. yeah just all, all kinds yeah. of great stuff out there that can so help you. It's like I think it was last week uh, I was talking with pastor uh, with a uh, pastor Paul and we were talking about that. Um, that about that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, what is spoken to you, what you have coming in. And we need to, to make sure that we got the good stuff coming in. So, all righty. Well, thank you both for being here with us today. And, uh, y'all, uh, will in the future, we may have other, uh, movie to take a look at or whatever. We may get into some subject, uh, other things, but, uh, God bless you too. And God bless you all for listening to this. And we will, uh, we'll see you next week. We'll talk Thanks to you next us. week. God thank bless you. you.